Welcome everybody into the first ever episode of Warm Weather Fans, a Sunbelt podcast. My name is Brian Stone. I'm your host, at least for this episode, if not moving forward. We'll see how it goes. I'm joined today by Matt Miguez, uh, and we have Zeke Palermo on assignment in Australia uh, trying to find the stingray that killed Steve Irwin, but he'll join us later in the podcast as we sort of get ramp up into the season. But Matt, it's good to see you. We're here to talk about uh, our first two teams with our Sunbelt previews. We're here to talk about Arkansas State and ODU, Old Dominion. How are you doing? Brian, I'm doing well, man. And, you know, you, you brought up Zeke on assignment in Australia. The joke I was going to make was that he was over there trying to find if anybody knew anything about Sunbelt football in Australia. Um, but you went with a Steve Irwin direction, which I applaud you for. I have, I've been making mental notes all th- until like from the moment we announced this until now, I've been making mental notes of jokes that I could make that were Australia centric for when he can't make it. So the more um, he doesn't, the more he can't show up, the more the, the audience will hear those. Right, so right. That's, the, the better that's, jokes come out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've got some in the bag. You'll you'll see. Uh, so so let's jump into the first team that we're going to preview here today. Let's talk about Arkansas State. Uh, not a great year for the Red Wolves. Hasn't been a great time overall for Butch Jones as head coach of the Red Wolves. Uh, three and nine last season, dead last in the West, I believe. Let me double check here. They tied for the worst record in the conference with Old Dominion, which is why we're starting with these two teams. Um, But we always start with the bottom and sort of work our way to the top because as you get to the top, it's like, well, they're a really good team. All right, what do we? What else do we have? Right. right. So let's let's jump into Arkansas State. Um, They are at least as we last saw them, they were a pass-heavy offense. Did not like to run the ball. Wanted to air it out constantly. James Blackman was sort of the engine that made it all go the the weird they also didn't play any defense so that was an interesting dichotomy yeah, we right. need to score 100 points every week or else we have no shot um and so this this year they come in no James Blackman uh we we can get into the receiving core which we assume will also be productive because it has been the entire time that that Jones sure. has been there I guess the big question is, and this is maybe a hypothetical because I don't know if we can even answer it until the season starts. Are they ever going to run the football? (laughs) Are they ever going to try to be a balanced offense? So what's going to be interesting with Arkansas State, and I want to start with this. You brought up their record finishing three and nine in, in 2022. Before COVID, Arkansas State had had 16 straight seasons of winning football. Had a winning record for 16 straight years. That that dynasty of um, Hugh Freeze into Blake Anderson has, was incredible in Jonesboro. And COVID hit, and it was a weird year. And so you kind of looked at it and said, okay, you know, circumstances were out of your control, whatever. 2021, they had a losing season. Year one under Butch Jones was really bad. They went 2-10. and 10. Um, That was a mixture of, okay, First year, still kind of getting yourself back from COVID. Okay. And then going into 2022, he had the top recruiting class in the conference. And you're like, all right, here comes Arkansas State. They're going to contend again. Nope. Wrong. Dead wrong. Three and nine 
Um, but you know, on paper, when I look at this group, obviously they have to replace James Blackman. Uh, they're going to, it, it looks like they're going to try to do that with Colorado state transfer JT Shrout. Uh, but to answer your question about if they're going to run the ball or not, I really like Brian Sneed, the, the running back that they returned from last year, the Ohio state transfer. Um, obviously you lose a guy like Marcel Murray. That's not easy to replace. Um, but I think Sneed can do a really nice job with this offense, you know, had about 300 yards and six touchdowns a year ago. I think you could probably add 150 yards to that, maybe double it if he has a really good year. Um, and so, I mean, I think the, the potential is there for Arkansas state, but this is going to be the year where you look at Butch Jones and go, okay, are are you going to do this? Or do you need to go back to the Nick Saban laboratory of coaching in Alabama? Yeah, at least last year, I think Zeke and I, when we were doing the Sunbelt podcast for Underdog, we really sat down and sort of did, you can call it an autopsy, you can call it an intervention, whatever you would like to say, but we really looked back through Butch Jones's previous results as a head coach. And I think you can kind of make the argument that if he doesn't get that Cincinnati job after Brian Kelly leaves, he's never never gets the yeah. Tennessee job, doesn't get this job either. I mean, he's probably right. an OC for a Mac school his whole career. I mean, it's for sure. he was very lucky to pick up when he did. So I, I think, honestly, the jury's still out as to whether he's even a good head coach or not. Like, at any point, I don't even think it matters, like, whether you look at it at P5, G5, no matter what. Regardless. Yeah. Like it, he a high school head coach. We don't know. Right. It, it's like, it's like, okay, yes. If he went and took over Troy today, would they probably be good? Sure. But he's, he took over a team with that had a departing coach in Blake Anderson that had a lot of issues because of the way that Blake Anderson left and, and nobody right. knocks Blake Anderson for leaving. There was a lot of things that played into that. But he essentially, it was like, hey, you need to go rebuild this now. And it, and it hasn't it hasn't bared any results yet. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, the big things are, you know, you mentioned Brian Sneed. I, with guys like that, I don't di- I don't doubt the talent. I doubt are they going to get any playing time? Is he going to get right. any carries like or is right. he essentially a fifth receiver that lines up in the backfield with the four guys out wide? So like that's yeah, I mean, yeah. In, in twelve games he had eighty one carries last year, right? And that and that's what I'm saying is like you can take prime Bo Jackson and put him back there, but if you give him you know under a hundred carries in a full college season, right. To your number one back, like what does it matter at that point? Right. Like for sure. So that's my big issue, and and I I think it this will be an interesting litmus test because. I think he. I think when he got James Blackman, he thought, "Okay, I've got my quarterback. He came from Florida State. This guy's legit. We'll put the entire offense on his shoulders, and he'll carry us." And it didn't happen. Now it's like you look at Trout, who's pro- I, I, at this point at least projected to be the starter, and, and you're just looking at it and saying, I, "I mean, I understand Colorado was a train wreck last year. That's why they hired Deion Sanders, but." can you go in with that same mindset of this guy's going to carry the the offense? Because I don't, I don't know if you can put the same type of expectations on him. 
Well, that's going to be the million-dollar question. I mean, he started seven games for, for Colorado State last year, had a little over 1,200 yards, only completed 44% of his passes, though, and then had a touchdown-interception ratio of 7-8. to eight. So, I mean, not great numbers. Granted, small sample size. He only started about half the games. Um, but, you know, talking about Arkansas State, one thing that's going to be interesting here, Brian, is whoever the quarterback's going to be, They've got a really good receiving core to work with, and the one that really stands out is Corey Rucker. And the reason that I bring him up is two years ago when Arkansas State had Omar Bayless, Corey Rucker was like the shining star number two, like, holy crap, look at this freshman. And then he transfers to South Carolina, only appears in two games for the Gamecocks, only has one catch in those two games. He gets redshirted. And then says, well, I'm going to go back to Jonesboro. So now he's back at Arkansas. I was doing research for the for this episode, and I was like, wait a second. Didn't Rucker leave? And then I, I had to dig, and I found out that he, he returned to Arkansas State. So as a, as a Cajuns guy, I was a little upset about that because I didn't want to have to face him this year. But uh, really strong receiving core with him, Courtney Jackson and Jeff Foreman, and then Emmanuel Stevenson is a really – highly touted tight end that uh, the the weapons are certainly there for whoever's going to play quarterback for the Red Wolves. Yeah. I, my, my big pause is who's going to get him the football. You know, I, I I don't, I don't really doubt the receiving core. I I think the receiving core is solid. Uh, You know, you mentioned, I think you mentioned Emmanuel Stevenson as the tight end as well. Uh, You know, it would be hard if you want to look at the guys up front, it would be almost difficult for the offensive line to be worse. So they gave up so many sacks a year ago that it was like some of it you can pin on, you know, maybe the quarterback was holding onto the ball too long, et cetera, et cetera. But not, not with, uh, let me look 48 sacks. (laughs) So you can't look at 48 sacks and say, oh, that was all on the quarterback. Like, there's just no Correct. way. So Correct. so if if you've got a new quarterback in, if the o- uh, the offensive line gives him even a semblance of some time and he finds those receivers, I think the offense will be improved. But I, I'm, I'm going to go to my grave thinking you at least have to be a little bit balanced to at least – make defenses respect the the thought right i mean hell it might be a blessing that their offensive line lost four of its starters from a year ago because i mean god can you you had 48 sacks in 2021 and then last year you you made it a little bit better you got it down to 38 uh so you went from 48 to 38 but even 38 is still a lot that's three sacks a game (laughs) that's horrible i know so, look, well, like like you mentioned off the top, anything is better than, than what they had over the last two years. I mean, God, if they can get that sack number under 20, I think they're throwing a parade in Jonesboro. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, we'll, we'll touch on this as well, but I almost feel like it's the same way for their defense, which is just Correct. has just been an absolute well, yeah. Swiss cheese you, unit. You lost your best player. 
You had Kevon Bennett last year, who who was a, a great transfer guy, was at Sunbelt Media Day last year and was talked highly about, had, had a strong year last year for the Red Wolves, but now he's out of eligibility and he's gone. So, like, who do you turn to and say, hey, he's going to be the leader of our defense because I can't pinpoint a guy? No. I, I, I truly don't know. And I don't know if it's going to be better I don't know if it's going to be the same. It would be it would be very hard pressed to be worse. Uh, you know, you and I are both looking at the Phil Steele uh, yearly magazine. I was scrolling. I was like kind of flipping through the early pages and he talks about like most improved teams, yep. all this other stuff. I think as far as defenses go, he had Arkansas State predicted at like 133 out of 133 as far as defenses went. Like I think he had them predicted as the stone worst defense going I, into. I believe it. I so, mean, they have two. They have two returning guys at defensive end, and then star linebacker. They got Ethan Hassler, who, who's a junior. Um, he had four sacks last year, or three sacks last year, and then Malik Stryker is their highest return tackles guy. He had eighty-one tackles a year ago. Um, so, I mean, they've got production coming back, but again, nothing that really jumps off the page at you like, Hey, that's the guy. Um, so I'm really interested to see what this defense does in a West division. That's going to have some pretty good offenses with South Alabama, Troy, and and maybe even Louisiana. Um, it could be a good offensive year for the West division. So I'm interested to see how that plays out this year. Well, uh, I will say one thing. Apparently, they're saving grace as their special teams, which has been really Correct. good uh, under Correct. under Butch Jones. Uh, you know, they had a true freshman step in in uh, Zavada last year and hit 17 of 18 uh, field goals. Was first team all Sun Pelt. Yep. If they ever, if they figure out the quarterback position and they can get in field goal range, it seems like Zavada will be the guy who can at least put three on the board if, you know, if the offense can't cash in. Well, right. You know, you, you look at, so we're, we talked about Phil Stills magazine at the, at the end of each team's page, he does like a season prediction. And the last two lines of Arkansas States says, and I quote, I like the strides this team is making and they were better than their record last year. And this is clearly Butch Jones's best team. If a quarterback emerges and has a solid year, they will contend for bowl eligibility. So, if they get a quarterback, they could be a halfway decent team this year. I think that's a big if. Well, it is. I, I don't disagree with you there. But if they can get a quarterback, I, I think they could be a bowl-eligible team for the Sun Belt. Well, it's also one of those things where it's like, okay, you can't you can't take this team and stick it. You can't compare them to, like, let's say Marshall, right? Marshall runs the ball so efficiently almost every year. Sure. I mean, they, they always have good running backs. It's never really an issue. But it's not like taking a quarterback and putting it into Marshall's offense where you're like, you will not have, at, at least on the surface, I could I could be totally wrong. They could run the ball, you know, 50 times a game, and I could look like an idiot when this is all said and done. But when it comes to looking at it, it's like, okay, you can't take a quarterback and put put you can put them in Marshall's system and survive. A new Correct. quarterback doesn't really doesn't fully grasp everything, doesn't have to make a ton of plays. 
if you take a quarterback and put them into this offense as it was constructed the last two years, and it it's even you know one percent off, the whole thing is going to look like a train wreck if you don't run the football effectively. So it sounds like we've been beating a dead horse the last couple of years talking about Arkansas State, but nothing's really changed. The defense is still bad. The offense still hinges totally on the quarterback, and if the quarterback can't stay upright, can't stay healthy, they don't run the ball to keep the other team honest and off of the quarterback's back, then it's sort of like, well, then where do we go from here? Correct. So Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what they do because like you you just mentioned – you know, if they can't figure out the quarterback thing, they're they're going to struggle to figure out just about everything else. Uh, yeah, I mean, you you could argue that quarterback is the most important position of any sport, not just football. And and I mean, like I said, I think I think with certain teams, there are exceptions where it's like we don't need to have our quarterback be yeah. a first team all Sun Belt guy to succeed. But in this type of offense, you absolutely you do. do. Because you do. At, at least since Anderson left, like they don't even really attempt to run the football. So I, right. I, I, don't, I don't know what to make of that. Like something's got to change one way or the other. Either quarterback's got to come along. Shrout's got to come along much faster and, and be a lot better than he was at Colorado last year. Or they're going to have to say, listen, we may need to run the football. Like as crazy yeah. as that apparently sounds to them, they might actually need to put the ball in the running back's hands and say, Let, let's see what no. happens. That'll um, be interesting. <laughs> so let's look at their, their schedule just really, really quick. Uh, it's a tough schedule. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, as yeah, far- it's not great. No, I mean, you open at Oklahoma you play Memphis in game two. Stony Brook looks like one of the few easy W's on the schedule. Southern Miss was a weird team last year. Didn't really know what to make of them. Some games they would score, they would have like 170 yards of total offense, and they'd win by two touchdowns, and I, I couldn't really make heads or tails of it. Yeah, you, you know, like that Thursday night game against the Cajuns, but I digress. We'll move on. Um. <laughs> uh, you know, UMass um, is typically probably, one of the worst teams. Win. That I don't know. They're typically one of the worst teams in the in the in the league. But like, it depends on how. If Shrout is is respectable, then yeah, I'll pencil him in for a win. If he's struggling and he gets put on the ground at thirty eight times right, next season, right. we we've got a different story. Uh, Troy, not happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Troy, especially, uh, they get a bye week. Coastal Carolina. I'm interested to see what the Tim Beck era of coastal carolina looks like uh i think they're going to be a lot less it, we'll, we'll talk about this in their preview but i i think they're gonna be a lot less innovative especially in offense uh Man, the biggest the biggest get tim beck got this offseason was keeping grayson mccall correct uh ulm that's an interesting game that seems like a coin flip because terry bowden sort of had them on the upswing and arkansas state has not yet begun the the Ted Lasso ish arc of like, okay, we're finally good. Like we've kind of figured it out. They're just still hanging out like down here. Um, Louisiana, you would have a better handle on that than I would. Uh, South Alabama looks like a no Texas state first year head coach. Maybe you, maybe it's going to be interesting, man. Yeah. Texas state. They're going to be very interesting. And then Marshall. I don't, I don't think so. 
So, no. I, I mean, I think we're projecting, like, unless they really outpace expectations, I think we got another three and nine season on our hands. Let's say they pull yeah, one out. Unless, unless they could steal, you know, the Texas State ULM, maybe you, you steal a non conference game with Memphis or, or with that being at home. Uh, maybe you could be looking at five and seven, six and six. Uh, but if you only win the games that you're supposed to win, yeah, you could be in for a long season. Correct. Uh, so let's go ahead and uh, literally and metaphorically turn the page on uh, Arkansas State. And let's talk about Old Dominion, who was was a very interesting team, uh, even though you know the wins weren't really there. They had a weird season overall. Um, so they went 3-9 and nine also last season, uh, finished in last in the East. Got that initial uh, first week win against Virginia Tech. I believe they blocked a punt, like right at or, no a field goal, right at the yep. end of the game, and and maybe did they return it for a touchdown? Mm-hmm. No, no, because it was, it was as time expires. Oh, okay. Um, so their wins were against Virginia Tech, who I mean, all due respect to Old Dominion, Virginia Tech was a tire fire last year. So like, right. let's let's talk about. It. Arkansas State, who we just talked about, uh, and then, and then they out, of nowhere, Carolina. out of nowhere, they I think ran bludgeoned Coastal Carolina ran for like four hundred yards or something stupid against Coastal Carolina, and then they went like zero and six to end the season, and then it was just poor, it was over. Poor, poor old Dominion was was just drunk last year. <laughs> They, they, were, they were stumbling around, had a victory or two, and then now they're just like, "What? What are you doing?" Lost a lost a twelve to nothing baseball game to Marshall. That was yeah. interesting. Uh, yeah, thirty-seven I mean, to three to James Madison. Put up a fight at the put up a fight against South Alabama in the finale, and then just I, I okay. So this was the thing last year. So. You and I talked about this before we started recording, but just for people that didn't didn't fully listen to the podcast last year when we were doing it with Underdog Dynasty, when we were previewing Old Dominion, I made the grave, grave sin of saying that they were an independent team in 2021 when they weren't actually a Conference USA team, which I, I, I am still atoning for to this day. But what I will say is I had fans from Old Dominion say, this this uh, conference is going to be a cakewalk. Conference USA was so much easier than this, like, or so much harder than this. You guys are, are are nothing. And then all of a sudden, it was like, okay, they beat Virginia Tech in Week One. Maybe they're going right, to be they got really high on themselves, right? And then it just all it, the the coastal game was like really a, a puffing your chest out moment, and then all of a sudden, it just all fell apart. So. Right. Uh, <laughs> Interesting to see um, where this heads this year. Can give me what what expectations do you have for them this year? They were such a weird team last year that like, what are you expecting out of them? So expectation wise is is weird um, because they're going to have a new quarterback. They're going to have a new running back. They're return. They're losing a lot of receivers, but. One guy that they do return, and the reason that I'm going to bring him up right off the top is because his numbers are ridiculous, and you probably know who I'm talking about. It's linebacker Jason Henderson. Um, Last season, 
I, I, I swear Phil still had a typo. 186 total tackles last year. Now, granted, only 60 of them were solo, but 100 and I, I don't care about solo assisted. That doesn't matter to me. I look at total tackles, 186 tackles. How did you put up 186 tackles in 12 games? Nine of them you lost. I, That's wild. I, I, I truly don't, don't really understand it. Um, the thing that gets me is that their offense last year, at least when, when I look back at it, really hinged on one guy. Who was not there? Who's not there anymore? Which was Ollie Jennings the third, their receiver. Correct. It when he went off, and at least you know he didn't even have to necessarily like blow a game up single handedly. But when he was taking attention away from the other guys on the field, they were I, I don't want to say rolling because they were three and nine, but it, they were at least an offense that could get some momentum. They could do some stuff, and then. There were games where I believe he hurt his ankle or his foot or something at one point, and they 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 couldn't do anything. Like Correct. the 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 team that, and I, I think it was after the Georgia Southern game. I think he hurt his ankle after that, which is where you start to see the results just plummet. Plummet, right? Yeah, it's like I know they have you know Javon Harvey. I, I don't know what that offense is going to look like because I was never like I was never impressed were, that much with Hayden Wolf. Now they have a new quarterback, and I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, you know, they, like you said, they weren't impressed. They weren't very impressive last year, and then you bring in Grant Wilson from Fordham, and it, he ran a similar offense at Fordham than what he's going to run at ODU. So I mean, that gives you you know some sort of confidence in the guy. But and, and I, I feel crazy saying this because, you know, we talk about the Sun Belt and go, oh, well, you know, there's levels to the Sun Belt and to, you know, the SEC. But there's a level between the Sun Belt and Fordham. So I'm interested to see how his game is able to step up. But one thing I will find positives in for Ricky Ronnie's group is Grant Wilson's a sophomore. Kadarius Callaway, a running back, is a sophomore. Amarian Granger, at wide receiver, is a sophomore. You've got a redshirt freshman on the offensive line, two sophomores on the offensive line. Um, you've got a lot of youth. So, you know, say this year may be a struggle again. Next year and even into 2025, it, it looks like Old Dominion could have some potential to be good in the Sun Belt East down the back stretch. Yeah, I mean... I didn't even really I didn't even mention Blake Watson, who was their running back last year, who ran for over a thousand yards, over five yards a carry, was almost single handedly the reason they just crushed Coastal Carolina in that game. I think he had like over two hundred yards rushing by himself in that game. Yep. It was it was like stu it was stupid. He like I, I think he had matched I, I wanna say he had matched like at least half of his rushing output in that one game up to that That's wild. season. Like he had 400 yards or something like that up until that game and then ran for like 250. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, guess what? So, yeah, it, I mean, I'm, I'm really interested to see what this team ends up looking like. Like I said, they're two big offensive contributors. And, and you talked about 
Henderson at linebacker on defense, but they're two big guys, and they really struggled to score points last year for most of these games. So I'm interested to see what it looks like when you don't have Jennings, you don't have Watson. You can say what you want about Wolf, but he's gone too. So that's another, you know, sort of question mark like what we talked about with uh, Shrout at, at Arkansas State. So I'm really interested to see. I have no idea what to expect for this offense. Yeah, you know, that, that that's kind of the thing. There's so many new faces and so many, you know, question marks that it, it's kind of hard to even have a conversation about what they're going to do because we just don't know until they get on the field. Yeah. Um, so, so here, here, here's the thing outside of Henderson, the defense is also kind of a question mark. Um, you know, Phil Steele at least has them projected to allow 28.3 points per game this year, which if you were looking at one of these teams, like you were looking at a South Alabama for, you know, just, just for the sake of argument, if you were looking at a South Alabama, you were looking at a Troy, you could say, I could see that offense scoring more than that on a on a weekly week to week basis. For but sure. the way that but the way that Old Dominion struggled last year, if they if you took last year and I know you're not, but if you took last year's offensive production and you literally ported it over to this year and the defense allowed 28 points per game, you'd probably be looking at another 3 and 9 record. Yep. So I I mean, you know, good for Jason Henderson, he's clearly sort of the engine that makes that defense go but if if the guys up front can't stop the run and they don't really defend the pass all that well either and it's just sort of henderson and the rest of those guys like and, and you know that's that's the thing we, we talk all the time about football and, and we say you know it's a game that's won and lost in the trenches for old dominion that's really going to be the case this year their season is either going to be good or bad depending on how their two lines perform um, I mean, if their if their defensive line is able to put pressure on opposing offenses and keep scoring low, then things could get interesting. And then on the other side, if the offensive line can protect Grant Wilson and give running lanes for Callaway, you know, we're talking about a three and nine team from last year that could be a six and six, seven and five team. I mean, their schedule is not easy. Don't get me wrong. Um, at Virginia Tech home against Louisiana Wake Forest is coming to Old Dominion uh that'll be that'll be interesting uh I, I'm interested to see what Wake Forest looks like this year uh, Texas A&M Commerce out of the Southland uh, is going to make a trip up to Old Dominion and then they go at Marshall at Southern Miss by week home against App at JMU home against Coastal at Liberty at Georgia Southern, home against Georgia State to close it out. Um, so on paper, Brian, I'm probably at best. I'm going to give them five and seven. Yeah, I'm, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like if the court and we said this with Arkansas State, but this is kind of the same deal when you have like a bunch of skill position players that you don't really even know what they're going to give you either. If the quarterback doesn't show up or is subpar, Correct. it's gonna be a rough season. Like that, yeah, they need a, they need at least a guy who can get the ball out to the playmakers. You know, one of the things we talked about was the offensive line. Okay, they gave up thirty five sacks last year. We talked about it with Arkansas State. Thirty eight wasn't right. great. They gave Not up great. nineteen in the last five games. <sighs> So they were almost averaging four sacks a game allowed. 
in and, those last games. And listen to this. So they had Blake Watson allowing or get, got a thousand yards rushing in nine of the 12 games. They didn't top a hundred yards as a team in rushing. So it literally was, it was the coastal game right. and it was maybe, I, I think a, another game or two. And then other than that, it was like, that's where all their production came from. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't really know what to make of it because it's like I, if Blake Watson was back, I'd be like, okay, you've got something. Maybe you lean on the running back a lot, but right. you just have absolutely no idea. And you talked about the schedule. I mean, Jamie Chadwell at Liberty's not going to hold any, <laughs> it's not, is is going no holds barred. Like against the, sure. it's not, it's not like sure. the, the, the thing with Liberty nobody. The thing, the thing with Liberty though is going to be, you know, what kind of talent do they still have? What kind of talent did he bring in? What does their roster look like? Because uh, don't get me wrong, Chadwell is a hell of a coach, but if he doesn't have players to coach, then then things could get dicey. Um, so, I mean, obviously, I'm giving them the Texas A&M Commerce win because I just think that there's a level there. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that they beat Liberty, just because there's so many question marks about Liberty. Um, and then I, I'm being nice and saying that they steal three of the other 10 games. Yeah. I mean, we'll have to see. I mean, we talked about Virginia tech was absolutely garbage last year yep. and we'll have to see like how that all sorts sort of pans out because if they're just as bad as they were last year, no matter what old dominion looks like, I wouldn't be surprised if old dominion stole that game either. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, Wake Forest, who knows? You know, that's a that's a coin flip. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't know. Their quarterback has, I think, one of his ribs made into a necklace. The last I heard, uh, so uh, Hartman, I think he well, Hartman's, at, Hartman's at Notre Dame now. Oh, that's right. Okay. Well, never so, mind. That was who's, who's their quarterback? We don't know. I I, I don't know. Um. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot in the midst of the uh, the Notre Dame trying to get um, uh, McCall there and right. him him ending up not being able to make like the GPA requirements and all that sort of they, stuff. They they settled for Sam Hartman. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, this has pretty much been the 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 recap of the first two teams. Now, we don't know a lot. I mean, I mean to right. be to be quite honest, like until they they hit the field. Other than guys like Jason Henderson, there's not a lot we can sort of pin expectations on. So Correct. But the next episode is going to be fun because in the West, we're going to talk about Texas State. But man, in the Sun Belt East, we're going to talk about a team you're pretty familiar with, with the Eagles of Georgia Southern. Uh, no, we're, we got Georgia State next week. Oh, did I misread the standings? I, I mean, they were tied. But Georgia Southern had a better overall record, so I figured we'd do Georgia State. Oh, okay. You're right. You're right. Okay. Um, so Georgia State then. You get to talk about your bitter rival. Yeah. That'll work. Rival? That's a strong word. <laughs> <laughs> I think Zeke and, Zeke, and I talk, Zeke and I talked about this last year. Georgia Southern and Georgia State are a rival like Coca-Cola is a natural drink that yeah. you, you would get from the from nature. Like it's, everyone, it's, everyone knows that it's not. Yeah, exactly. It, it's the right. most manufactured thing ever. So 
as as Matt said, next week we will be talking about uh, Texas State and their new head coach, which will be interesting. Uh, yep. And then we'll talk about Georgia State and uh, Sean Elliott, who has been there a while, and the results? Question mark. Don't really know. Right. <laughs> like, like right. haven't been great. But I talked to Zeke last year, and he was like, nobody's really calling for his head. So we'll we'll have we'll to see. see. We'll see if something happens. Something comes of that because I, I mean, personally, I know that we view football differently. You know, the two fan bases. But if if our team was finishing four and eight, it would be time to start looking for work elsewhere. That's all. Right, I'm right. for so, sure. Uh, so yeah, just wrapping up, um, yeah, we'll do, we'll do one of these episodes every week leading up to the season, two teams, one from the East, one from the West. Um, hopefully, you know, Zeke, uh, can, can join us at some point. Hopefully he can join us next week to talk over his, his Georgia state Panthers. Um, but Matt, as we sort of wrap up here, let everybody know where they can find you on social media. Yeah, you can head to Twitter at Miguez Matt um, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's where you can find me. And uh, yeah, man, looking forward to this. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, as always, you can find me on, let me recap all of these Twitter, Instagram, threads. You could find me oh, on I threads. Am on threads. <laughs> I am on threads. I, I don't post on threads hardly because the thing is a mess, but you can find me on threads if you really want to at watch the stone. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk over Texas state and Georgia state football leading into the 2023 season on the warm weather fans, Sunbelt podcast.